I started feeling very drained mentally. I started feeling burnt out because I wasn't tending to everything else in my life. And from 2021, that's when I started really shifting my, my focus and looking at the bigger picture with like, okay, I worked hard. Now it's like, let me balance. What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 62 of the Mad Happy Podcast. I'm Mason, and today we have an awesome episode with entrepreneur Michael Lee. I'm always so impressed when I talk to these younger people who are just so successful about their story and their path and their career. I think that in today's day and age, right, there are so many different ways to blow up or become an internet sensation overnight. And I think we're seeing so much like success and and wealth and and following of all these kids at such a young age and i think to talk to michael and and really learn about his journey um and how down to earth he is with everything and and just kind of how he's thinking about growing his brand and and his business and all of the web3 opportunities that he's exploring and just the way that he kind of is bringing his family along for the ride with him um, i think is always like super impressed and and inspiring you know i I think in the past honestly i was like somewhat of a hater of these kind of kids or like this movement honestly uh i'm not on tiktok right i I'm, i'm i'm not that into social media and all these sorts of things and i think i've time and time again with all the guests that we've had on the show the ability to peek behind the curtain and actually meet these people i continue to be really impressed and and inspired by them and i think that's just the way that uh society is and and the culture is and i think who who are these kids to not uh, take advantage of it and, and, and really learn how to use it and build careers and support families and, and all these amazing things. So definitely check out the convo with Michael. I think you guys are going to enjoy it. On another note, these are our last couple of days of our store at the Palisades. So if you're in the L.A. area, definitely encourage you to go check that out today or tomorrow will be our last couple of days there. Uh, we still got our other stores up and running on Melrose and at the Grove. So again, Please come by, say hi to us. I'm there almost every weekend uh, so we can chop it up and you can show some love. But otherwise, yeah, hope you had an amazing week. Enjoyed the episode with Michael and we'll see you next week. The Mad Happy Podcast is brought to you by Optimism. Enjoy the show with Michael Lee. So I know that you said you grew up in Florida um, and then moved out to LA just a few years ago, but what was it like kind of growing up out there? Did you always know that you kind of wanted to be an entertainer or kind of a performer in that way? Or like, what was uh, Michael like as a kid? Oh, man. So going back to like just my childhood, I'm the first gen for my my family uh, to live in the U.S. Mm. So both my parents were, were from like Vietnam. You know, they came out through boat and all that stuff. And it was like they, they had pretty rough, I guess, childhoods. They, they had to, you know, really take care of the family early on. They had to kind of just grow up really quick and constantly work. So that kind of grew into them being like entrepreneurs, kind of like they owned like nail salons or different businesses right. like that. And I kind of just grew up in that environment where like my entire family, like, you know, it was making sure that the family had food and table and, and could provide. And as long as they could, you know, have a good life and have their future set up, then that was, you know, their way of really like showing uh, love and stuff. And um, for me, I, yeah, I was, I was majority of my childhood was like, either with uh, my friend's mom or family members or at the shop. And I would just kind of like just be around kind of like business and then friends all in one. Mm-hmm. So my childhood, I was, I was just very just entrepreneur mindset kind of vibe. Yeah, I saw that like, you know, early on, just early, early on. I just kind of felt like I, I wanted to do something with business. I didn't want to do a nine to five. I just felt like there was something there. And um, 
once YouTube kind of came out, uh, I had like, you know, the OG YouTubers, like for me, my first person I ever watched was like Ryan Higa. Mm. He was like, you know, one of the first OG Asian YouTuber creators. And for me, I was like, this is sick. Like this guy made a career out of literally enjoying and having fun and making these videos, these skits. And, you know, he's doing what he loves. And and that kind of ins- like inspired me. And I was like, yo, like I want to do that. I didn't know what it was going to be for. Right. But I just knew I wanted to do that. And in 2015, that's when I kind of kind of fully set out and be like and, and said like yo it it doesn't matter how long it takes like I want to I want to focus on this I want to kind of make this my passion and pursue social media you know and at the time I was a professional dancer uh, so I started dancing in 2012 when I was 12 years old and mm. you know I became one of the first social media dancers so that's that's kind of like how I started off my journey and um, as I kind of like continued I had like a few months afterwards where I, I had like my first shot of success and I think I gained like a hundred thousand followers across all socials from like musically YouTube Instagram and then from there I was like yo this is this is possible like this is crazy and um from there I just like kind of dove you know head deep I, I like I didn't I didn't really pay attention to what other people thought or my family or you know friends like everyone was kind of just like yeah cool like I mean I guess you know focus on the college and this and that but I was like yeah, I'll try, you know, yeah. uh, but, but I, I had my eyes on the prize and I, I just kind of felt like, you know, like this is something that a lot of people aren't willing to risk. But like, for me, like I would rather do something I'm happy with rather than, you know, kind of just doing something for the money or for anything else. Totally. I mean, it's all about doing what's right for ourselves. And, and, and that was awesome that even at that age, you were kind of able to have the ability to really kind of be selfish in like a healthy way in that manner, I think is like something that's pretty underrated but where did the dancing come from like how did you get into that as a kid and then like what does it even mean or look like to be kind of a professional dancer at, at 10 12 years old yeah I mean when I started uh I, honestly I was just doing a whole bunch of stuff my mom obviously because like my parents were so busy she liked putting me into just different curriculums and stuff so like I just stayed out of trouble that's mm-hmm. what her mindset was so um you know I, I did a couple things from like doing soccer to uh, you know, uh, karate to right. skateboarding, just all of these different things. And I all ended up landing yeah. on, exactly. And then I landed up on doing dancing at the studio, uh, Sean's Dance Factory. And pretty much from day one, like I was so bad, but I learned so fast. And I was like, yo, like this is sick. Because back when I was like, what, four or five, like I, I did some hip hop classes with my, my one of my uncles. And um mm-hmm. And, you know, like I did that for like a year or so when I was like, you know, really young and it was cool, but I kind of like stopped. But when I got back into it, obviously at 12, like I just had this passion for it. I don't know. I couldn't explain it. Like from day one, I just wanted to take classes back to back to back. And that's what I ended up doing. So literally like three to five times a week, I would just start taking classes. And that was my life for like years. And after like three years of that, I shifted into kind of becoming more professional, doing like more music videos in the Latin industry. Dad, like my first music video was like for Daddy Yankee and then We Seen and wow. then Ricky Martin, like all of these, like you know, because Miami is like really hot for Latin. So that was my first shot uh, of, of like of like seeing like oh like being a dancer is possible, you know. Like that was even before social media. Like I got paid a hundred dollars for my first gig. Like oh my gosh, this is crazy. <laughs> so like stuff like that really, really kind of inspired me. And obviously seeing that, my mom was like, oh like you know what, like I can support you in this. Like this makes sense. Like you know you're obviously doing good and and she saw like the passion I had for it so kind of pushed through that became like more of a choreographer started teaching my own classes 
started traveling, became, you know, a traveling choreographer and, and just teaching like classes in Miami or uh, sometimes if I ever went to LA, I would teach like a class here and there. And that was just kind of like, that was kind of like my life. Like I, I really just fell in love with the whole dancing scene. For sure. And were you still in school at the time as you were kind of teaching these classes and like working with these artists and things like that? And oh, yeah. I, yeah. I assume you were. And like, if so, how did that, you know, do you feel like it kind of had any effect on you of like having to be a professional at a very young age or like not really being able to make friends in school or like how did that manifest itself? I would say dancing. So dancing, I started dancing, like I said, when I was 12. So around seventh to eighth grade, that's when I, I feel like dancing really broke me out of my show. And like, I, mm. I found myself as a person. I, you know, I had a lot of friends at, at, in dance class and it was just, it was just a good vibe overall. Like uh, I was just really happy about how everything was kind of like turning out for me. So in high school, I, I went to high school for just two years to do uh, a film and photography. And, and Sick. honestly, it kind of just added on to that, that concept of like, yo, I can do this all myself. Like I can, I can literally make a business out of this and pursue, you know, social media. So like I literally became my one man team of like, you know, making my own videos, editing everything myself, you know, staying consistent mm. and stuff. And, and it got to the point where like, as social media kind of started taking off for me, I, it was so funny. I literally started charging people $15 for 15 seconds of a dance promo. And, and to me wow. in my head, like to start off like that and people wanting to pay that, I was like, bro, people are paying $8 an, an hour for like a nine to five. And I'm getting a dollar a second i'm like bro i've made it <laughs> so so like you know just like that reassured me so like literally going to like school and stuff like i didn't really let it stop me at all like actually right when i it was pretty much every day honestly i i would get my lunch go to the back of the school record dance videos during lunch and and that was like kind of like my grind like i i really let school i took advantage of like you know the classes i learned of how to like you know edit do photoshop illustrate all that stuff and mm-hmm. I just kind of like, you know, like started the, my, my, my little business of just like making some money. That's amazing. And then did you end up finishing high school or like how did school no. pan out? Yeah, after so, that? yeah. So after sophomore, my dad had a screen printing embroidery company. Nice. And it was a startup. So like he wanted uh, like help with it. And for me, like during all of my years of school, like from childhood till, till high school, like I was like very just honor rolls, dual enrollment, straight A's, like very just on it because of like my mom's friends and like who I was just around. Um, they were just very strict with school. And I was like, you know, that was like, I learned a lot of my self-discipline from that and stuff. So by the time I was high school, sophomore year, I was doing pre-calc and all that stuff. And I was like, yeah, I definitely don't need any of this stuff. Like I, I for sure learned <laughs> everything I need to know from high school. Like, so when my dad was like, yeah, you can drop off and, and, and help me with my business. I'm like, thank goodness like yes please because it was funny because honestly by sophomore I had senioritis and I was just like yeah if I missed if I missed the bus by five minutes my dad was like just super like not about taking me I was like yeah cool I'm gonna gonna knock out and you know just so you know by that time I was just like you know my priorities was not on school it was like I already have like you know I found my passion I want to pursue that I don't need a college degree for that I've learned enough from high school already to kind of like set myself off and, you know, that was just a situation where I wanted to help my dad. So I started doing uh, basically like around the clock, nine to five, maybe even honestly, it was like I was there till like 10 p.m. But wow. doing embroidery and, and screen printing. And it was just it was just uh, it was the best and worst decision of my life at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. Because basically from there, that's when I really knew I did not want to be 
a nine to five person. Mm. I, I was pretty much running the business by myself there. Uh, my dad was like rarely there. And it was just like this point of time where like, I was just depressed. I was just super depressed because like, I was just like, you know, working out hours from literally nine to like 10 PM of these orders. And like, I didn't know how to run a business at all. I just like, yeah, I was just like a, a worker. It's like, just constantly like going through the hours. And, um, through that, all I could really do was like listen to podcasts, listen to successful people's stories, books, audiobooks, mm. whatever during the day. And it just kind of reassured me like, yo, like this is not my end. This is, <laughs> this is just a start. Like, you know, this is like, this is my story. And I just had to like kind of reassure myself, like, let's just keep pushing. And thank God, you know, a few months in my, my dancing and my social media started taking off even more. So like I, I was able to get more work there. And, um, by the time that started happening, I was like, yeah, I don't need to go back to school. Like this is, I'm, I'm set. I'm good. And, and that's when I really just put all my energy from 2015 forward, um, into, into social media. No, for sure. I know you mentioned the, uh, the depression that you were feeling at the time. I'm curious, was that the first time that you had ever kind of experienced that or like your first real interaction with mental health? And then I know you mentioned yeah. kind of listening to the podcast and stuff, but how were you able to kind of, uh, navigate that you know did you talk to your parents about it or like what did you kind of do once you notice yourself a feeling down in that way yeah I mean it was it was something that I wasn't really vocal about it was either through friendships or through just like just the people around me like I, I don't know like it was just a lot going on in my life that like I just yeah. wasn't I just wasn't happy you know like I was just like there was a lot of times where during this time, I would literally just go on my unicycle. I had an electric unicycle. So like I would I would zoom. It was Sick. like that big one wheel and just zoom around my neighborhood. I would be on it for like legit four to five hours a day. Um, just listening to podcasts because like for me, like I never took so like internet or social media for granted. So like I always knew like, you know, there's there's things out there that could like help me. So like podcasts, like for example, the main ones I listened to were like Jay Shetty. He was such a dope, mm -hmm. he's such a dope guy. So I listened to him for a lot of mental health stuff. Tom Bilyeu with uh, Impact Theory, Gary Vee's podcast as well. So like those main three, I just kind of cycled through and just constantly just grew kind of like my mental uh, strength in a sense and mm -hmm. uh, kind of like clarity for what I wanted. And pretty much, yeah, through it all, like it was just constantly like, you know, although I was like, I felt like I was by myself. I also felt like these were mentors just through this freaking internet and this opportunity so like I really um I took advantage of that and I just kind of like it was just like setting the foundation for like my mindset in a sense and mm -hmm. uh knowing like you know eventually in time when the opportunity arises uh, I'm gonna be ready for it yeah that's really cool I mean I feel like we all uh growing up you know we all kind of in our teenage years or as we're becoming adults we all have that moment where you talk about building your foundation where like we really it, it's time to like decide what kind of what kind of person you want to be? What kind of things are you into? Like really discovering all these things about yourself. And I feel like it was so great for you to have that support of your parents to like really leave school and like really be able to go on like your own path and like work for the family and like things like that. I feel like it's super reflective of like their journey that you were talking about of like coming to America and like just having to figure it out. It's not like there's one linear path of like how we can make it. And I feel like the most important thing when I think about my own experience is just like because I also dropped out of school after my freshman year of college and it was really just about like I don't feel happy and let me talk to my support system and really tap in and like share that information with them and then do the self-reflection and kind of internal work to think about like what is going to make me happy and like what kind of person do I want to be so like I feel like there are so many kids who 
you know, maybe they feel like school isn't for them or they don't really know like what they want to do. And like, I always kind of encourage them to just really like speak up about it and just like have the conversation, you know, that's so much of the work that we're trying to do is like, whether you're right or wrong or or you're scared or you don't want to disappoint people, like you just got to be honest with how you feel and like lean on the people that you trust and keep you safe and then just like see what happens, you know? Yeah, no, 1000%. Yeah, and, and and when it comes to the whole school thing, like I I never recommend anyone like yeah you can drop out of school with this and that like I felt like I had a plan and I felt like if you're gonna do something like you have to prove it and, and everyone's situation is different you know like obviously a lot of parents like are like yeah you have to finish high school you know and, and if they're your support system and they're the ones that are like you know you're living under of course you have to listen to them and all that stuff and and luckily for me like I was able to prove to my parents like yo like even if I'm not in school like. I'm I'm working my ass off. I'm doing this social media stuff. You you're seeing the results. I'm showing my mom like, yo, like I'm getting checks from this, this and that. Like I'm I'm really working hard at it. And she she saw that as proof cuz you know, at first any parent would be kind of skeptical. It was like, yeah, like okay, you're going to do what? You're going to drop out. You know, like and they all they right. want for you to be safe, you know, and and to be secure. And um for me like I knew that I had to prove myself to to let them understand like, yo, this is something that I really want to push for and and these are the results of it, you know, like you have to kind of just see what situation you're in to be able to kind of navigate it. So, yeah, oh, for sure. So when you were launching kind of all your like your brand and like your content, it seems like you really approached it from kind of more of a business mindset than a creative mindset. Is that fair to say or like how were you kind of thinking about approaching it? I approached it in kind of both, really. Like I knew that what I was doing was very like I was my own I was my own manager. I was my own everything. Like I knew that this was something that I could, I could actually make a career and, and business out of. So it was kind of both. Like I had to kind of play all the roles in one. So I definitely feel like having that kind of entrepreneur mindset helped me to make sure as I grew, like I wasn't getting taken advantage of. I was, I was making sure I was getting my, my, my worth and absorbing as much as I possibly could. And yeah, I, I just feel like a lot of, a lot of people kind of go into it not really thinking about that stuff and and that was something that for me i i was very articulate at for sure and then kind of fast forwarding a bit i i would love to hear more about your move from florida to la i think that's just such a big kind of change for anyone and obviously that's a moment where you really were like all right i'm gonna jump in and like i'm really gonna do this shit like the right way yeah and i gotta be out there i'm curious if there were any kind of reservations or or any hurdles mentally that that you kind of had to cross to really finally make that move and fully commit yeah i mean so after after that first push of social media and i I grew like a few hundred thousand on all my platforms from 2016 to 2019 or to the to the end of 2018 my my career was like this that one push and then it was always like this slowly declining and mm. in terms of following, in terms of engagement, all of that stuff, it was just like, you know, it was either plateauing or down. And and for me, it was just like, okay, like, again, like, I'm not going to give up. I, I'm just going to, like, do what I can control, which is make better content, learn how to be better at, at creating my videos, get better at dancing, like, all that stuff. Like, that's all I was really focusing on. So why do you think that was happening? Like, just because, like, you were just learning? Success is a mixture of of chance and grind. It's a both, you know, like if you're grinding and the opportunity is not there, 
you know, like that's that's just the reality of it. You're not going to get a lot of out of it. You have to. It's, it's a mix of of timing. It's a mix of chance. All that stuff. Yeah. So you got to work hard enough to be able to get lucky. Yeah, exactly. And and, and for me, like I always had that quote um, from from some some of my mentors where it was like, I would rather be ready and uh, not have an opportunity than have an opportunity and not be ready. So I kept that in the back of my head. I was like, okay, like I'm gonna like I kept that that saying of like yo, it's not a matter of how, it's a matter of when. Like, I'm just going to keep grinding and eventually it's going to happen, you know? Like, I'm doing what I love anyways. So it's not like I'm looking for that end process and the end goal immediately. It's just like, if I'm in, I'm enjoying what I'm doing, I'm just going to keep pushing forward. And mm-hmm. um, by the time 2019 hit, two things clicked for me that year that really popped everything off. And that's what really set me to be like, yo, there we go. This is the opportunity. I'm going to push forward for it and I'm gonna go even 10 times harder than i already have been type of thing what were those things oh man okay so the first thing this is this is where my businessy kind of like stuff comes out i was like yes i figured it out the first thing was my my brand deal with bang energy Mm -hmm. before tiktok before all that crazy publicity stuff i was actually one of the first influencers they worked with on instagram and pretty much their their system was that it was a a tiered payment system based off of how many views you got off of their their videos so say if I posted an ad and it hit a hundred thousand views, it was in this tier. And it would you'd pay like, I don't know, like X amount of dollars, like a thousand dollars or something, right? But the the last tier was I remember it was a million dollar a million views for eight thousand mm. dollars. And I was doing a video like every week type of thing. So for me, I was like, okay, I'm getting like a hundred thousand views every video. Like, how do I boost this up? So I tried this out and it worked and it was it was literally like a, like a moneymaker for me. So I, I learned about Facebook ads. So I put in about four or $500 every single video that was averaging 100, 200,000 views. Every time I put in that money, boom, a million views extra. And from there, it was literally like Bang was paying me to be a larger creator. Like they were literally just throwing money at me because like I just found this little tweak that if I put in 500, I get this much more back, you know? And and that really shot my 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 following up from Instagram to like, I don't know, like 150, 200 to whatever, to like 400, you know, it like doubled everything. And I was like, whoa, this is, this is crazy. This is really dope. And then the next thing was pretty much, uh, and, and obviously that set me off for a good while. And I, I was able to invest more and get more equipment, you know, just to kind of beef up my stuff. And mm-hmm. um, the next opportunity was TikTok. TikTok in September, uh, I had some friends uh, kind of hop back on it. And obviously I had it since Musical.ly. So I had about like 600K followers um, at the time but i wasn't using it as like a native app i was just reposting videos from other platforms and stuff like that but um you know tiktok had a major shift in algorithm and community so like their community their creators were a lot better uh, when i hopped back on um the algorithm was a lot a lot better to where it was actually you know like if you can get a video viral just by it being a good video and not them selecting because it used to be where they had to feature your video um from the internal team and that's where i was like you know like you know, it was very biased. So when this new system was put in place, I didn't know it until that week. But like, I posted the video just to try it out. I was like, oh, like, there's dancers on this app. I can try it too. Let me just throw it out, you know, throw a little video out there. That first week, I gained a million followers. So from 600K wow. to 1 million in one week. And I was like, yo, this is the next vine. Like literally I said, I was like, this is the next opportunity. Like I can't, I can't miss this. Like this is going to be massive. You know, like no other platform was giving this this much attention. 
I never got that much attention in, in such a short amount of time for something that was literally 15 seconds. I was like, right. Are you kidding me? Like I was, I was out here doing like music video kind of like major production stuff. And I put my phone down little camera and just do a little dance and I'm getting, I'm like, yo. So from there, everything stopped YouTube, Instagram, everything I was putting my energy into just all into TikTok. And from there, literally every week after was like a million followers, million followers, million followers. I was like, yo. And that's when literally everything really just shifted. And and this was like where I was like, this completely reassured me of like, okay, this is the opportunity. This is a chance. I was waiting for this. I'm ready now. So went out to LA, all the collaborations turned into TikTok collaborations. I was, I was literally just telling everyone like, yo, you gotta be on TikTok. You gotta be on TikTok. Like, this is it. This is it, you know? And right. um, in the, in the span of like, what, five months, like my income, like a thousand X, I don't even know how to like explain. <laughs> I was making like less than what, wow. 50,000 a year. And in a few months, all of a sudden it's like, yeah, I was making that that's in incredible. one video, you know? So it was just like yeah. a really wild, you know, journey. And that's when obviously I moved out and I was like, I can't stop this, this like progression. I didn't really like with the pandemic, a lot of my content was very niche towards like public videos and just doing like crazy stuff in public and dancing and just being out outlandish and stuff and just mm-hmm. having a lot of fun and being very yeah. just like confident. And with the pandemic, obviously everyone wasn't allowed to go out. And I was like, oh my God, like I can't just do home videos. Like this is going to kill my, this is going to kill all my engagement, this and that, X, Y, and Z. So that's when, you know, I, I did the shift and I started going into family content. And then also I moved out to LA and then that's when all the collaborations happened. And that's how I really established myself as creator. As you were really starting to grow so fast, how were you balancing thinking about like the monetization of your brand and then also like what you really want to stand for and like what kind of community that you're building and like who these followers actually are and like what you want your message to be to them? I mean, all of my content throughout all of my time has always been to kind of inspire people and just entertain them through like positive content. I was never really into drama, never really into like that negative stuff. It was just Mm -hmm. like lighthearted, like, you know, people enjoying me having fun and being, you know, having fun dance videos and just cool concepts. And I was really just building my fan base from that. I, I then wanted to kind of shift myself into like more of a personality just because like I didn't want people to only know me for my dancing. I wanted them to genuinely know me for me. And that's kind of like where I really started my established brand of like just michael schlove all of that stuff yeah and and that's how like you know so schlove came to be um it was a really random topic but yeah schlove came to be and it kind of evolved into this thing where schlove stands for self-love so now it's like an all-encompassing kind of like 360 from my my start to now was it hard for you to be more vulnerable and like start to do more content really about yourself and i know you mentioned you bring your family in and make that kind of content how did that feel for you personally and then how did people respond to it once you started getting a bit more intimate it was pretty easy i mean my my family is always kind of like my my little brothers my my sister like they kind of always saw me making content so it was pretty natural and it was i remember the the one day it was before i moved out and um it was like when i started doing tiktok again uh my my brother my little brother jonathan was just kind of watching me and he would just do this body roll dance and i was like oh that's cute like let me just try this out like hey you want to do a video with me you know popped it on next day 10 million views and i was like hey jonathan Mm. (laughs) and i was like (laughs) so from there i was just like that was literally the start of um just a crazy just brand shift and i was like wow family con people like the family stuff people enjoy the family and this was like on brand for me because i was like this gives me an opportunity to give them a platform and like you know a way for them to like basically decide what they want to do with the rest of you know 
I guess like what their this opportunity. So yeah, I, I flew out to LA, you know, had some family videos here and there. And I was I also just collaborating and growing myself. And then, you know, a lot of just things happened with uh, the people I moved out with. And I was just like, you know, I didn't align with them. There was just a lot of like, just stuff that I wasn't okay with. So I kind of kicked everyone out and moved my family out with me like a few months after I moved out. And mm. I told my mom, I was like, hey, like, she goes, she still owned a nail salon. She was doing all that stuff. still. I was like, hey, like, I, I, I knew it was still like kind of because of COVID and all that stuff. It was just very troubling. So I literally mm-hmm. told her like, hey, stop it. Like, this is working. Let me like support the fam. And uh, yeah. her and the family basically just moved out with me. And um, I just kind of built the brand ever since. Wow. How did it feel to to really like move your family out and like support them in that way? I imagine that's a pretty that's a pretty incredible thing to do. Yeah, it was it was pretty cool. I never I never truly just sat back and, and thought about it. I guess it was just I was such on a constant grind that uh, I never just like, you know, truly really thought about it until like I would say like a year later. Like, I don't know. It was just weird. It was just like this like, got to keep moving, got to keep moving. And um, yeah, it was just a wild process. I don't know. Yeah, I feel like we uh we talk about all the time just really mindfulness and gratitude and like also we're moving so fast over here, right? Obviously running a startup and just a million things going on. We're opening up these stores, have these big collaborations and collections and and I really try and be intentional with myself to really stop and like live in the present and and enjoy it cuz I've been in the habit of not doing it before like you're talking about and then time just moves like so fast and you wake oh, yeah. up and it's just been like a year or something and, yeah. and I feel like it's harder for me to to really stop and smell the roses and then it allows me to really like be proud of myself or really like savor those moments or like really have the highs feel that high and like really appreciate all of the work you know yeah definitely yeah I mean as as the grind kind of kept going from like 2020 to 2021 that was like my mindset was just work 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 like keep growing keep growing get this opportunity and then after 2021 that's when like a sum of like my childhood friends and, and like best friend came back in the picture of my life. And I was just like, okay, let me realign. Let me make sure like mentally I'm good. Like let me reevaluate what success means to me and kind of like take care of the rest of my life, you know, like physically, mentally, uh, am I taking care of my, my friendships and relationships? You know, like it wasn't just cause, cause I was on such a, a high of like, like this is finally working out. I don't want to miss this opportunity. But now yeah. it was like after I started having success, I started feeling very drained mentally. I, I started feeling burnt out. I started feeling just a, like a lot of these feelings because I wasn't tending to everything else in my life. And from 2021, that's when I started really shifting my my focus and and kind of like looking at the bigger picture with like, okay, like I worked hard. Now it's like, let me let me balance. Let me kind of find my priorities and uh, kind of rework everything out again. Yeah, it's amazing. What what sort of things have you done to find that balance or to kind of start to practice your own self-care? It was a couple of things, starting with who was around me, who was actually, you know, like, it, I feel like a lot of people around you, if you don't have a good read on them, if you don't understand their intentions, they can naturally just either take advantage of you or just kind of shift your, your mind uh, mindset into just doing things that you're not happy with. You know, like for me, like I was a very just like people pleaser and the people around me kind of like, you know, really saw the value of being my friend and and like taking advantage of that, you know. So like a lot of a lot of my realization was like, you know, talking to the people that were genuinely down for me and kind of like cutting out 
the the areas in my life or the people in my life that was like that was bringing me down or that was like not helping me mentally you know so that was one and then two it was like okay what 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 do I need to tend time more towards and and how can I kind of reshift my brand into something where I'm happy with it again because at a point in time it was to the point where I knew what content would blow up and I knew what content would do well but it was content that I wasn't happy with it was content that I felt like it was a job again even though I was doing what I loved and all this stuff I was in a sense not selling myself out but kind of in a sort selling yourself out, you know, it's like doing stuff for views rather than your own passions. And that's where I kind of lost a lot of my happiness with. And then that's when I had to have a whole brand reshift and rethought process of like, okay, what now, you know? To speak to your first point first, I think a support system is always like the most important. And I think really when I started to take my mental health a lot more seriously and, and got sober and really like cleaned up my life, it really started with like, who are the people around me that I spend the most time with? And like, how do they make me feel. I think for, for people listening that if, like, if you're not really sure, or like, I'm not, I don't know about this person. I, I always tell people to just go back to like that gut feeling or like how you were saying, just like how you feel with the people around you. And like, usually if like you feel like something's not right, it's not right. And like, no one can do anything by themselves. You know, it's so important to have people around us that we can trust and that keep us safe and, and can really listen to us in that way. It really starts with that. And then Secondly, I, I, I can really relate to you on that point of I feel like any for all creatives, like any art that we make and put out into the world, you know, it can have such a such an intention and a concept and a message. And then you put something out and it takes on a life of its own. Right. And like people can uh, connect to it and engage with it and like have their really own relationship of it. And and I've also struggled at times with like our brand of like the product that we make, you know, is it coming from a place of we design it? And we put it out for these people or we see these people that like our stuff and like we have to design and, and cater to them. So I guess now and and moving forward, how do you kind of balance those two of like, does it really come from me and like what I want to do and what I think is cool? Or, or do I have to really look at the data and like kind of be more informed off that? Yeah, for sure. I mean, for me, it was like really just really just luck that it happened time wise for me. But yeah, uh, I, I was listening and, and during this time, I was just kind of like, yeah, figuring out what I wanted to do to shift my brand and what I was passionate about. And I was at a really just not passionate part of my life like a year ago. And then Web3 happened. This is like, Web3 is like NFTs, crypto, kind of like that world. That's what really ignited a whole new like feel in me to like shift into this brand new, like this is what I want to do type of thing. And For sure. Um, and, yeah, I've I've just been kind of building and, and growing in the space ever since. Yeah. So what was it, I guess, that uh, that initially attracted you uh, to the space? I'm still kind of getting versed. I'm I'm somewhat familiar with it, but I'm curious kind of what drew you to it in the first place and then how you went about thinking about what your kind of role in it could be. Yeah, I saw it first from Gary V. Gary V was promoting like the whole crypto punks, NFTs, this and that. And that's what kind of piqued my interest at first. So when he was talking about all this stuff, like, you know, I, I had I had some money out just like just just to throw out. So uh-huh. uh, my background in the whole crypto and, and um, I guess like investing space in a sense, I used to like Forex trade. I don't know if you know what, know what that is, but I did that a few years back. It was like trading the stock market or trading like well, Forex is foreign exchange, like literally like USD versus, you know, Japanese, yeah, like stuff, that stuff. I did that 
before. <laughs> and, you know, I lost a lot of money in that, but uh, it kind of trained my brain into like detaching myself from money in a weird way. So like with this, like, so basically I bought a CryptoPunk for 50K and then I guess like there was a lot of this, like people just saying like the, the NFT space was like a bubble and this and that. And right. I was like, fuck, okay, let me just like list it, I guess. And I didn't realize or think about it. And I deal and I listed it for like 45K. So like five, so like under profit. And I was like, you know, wow. like, let me just forget about it. And I didn't realize, I guess, like, cause I have short term memory. So like a month later or a few months later, um, CryptoPunks come back out and they blow up, like yeah. literally blow up. So I'm like, oh my God, I just made so much money. Like, wait, did I just really just bet? Let me check. And I saw it and it was sold and I missed out on $700,000 in profit. So from there, that's when I was like, okay, let me learn about this space. There's clearly money here. There's clearly something here. Totally. And um, that's when I just went super full into the space. And I started learning about like the technology behind it, why it has so much value. And from there, that's when like that passion came back to where like that the whole message of spreading self-love and spreading and inspiring people. Web3 was like this whole new space, kind of like how TikTok was, um, where I was like, yo, there's so much value and opportunity here. And, you know, people that move early are the ones that really benefit the most. And for me, I was like, I could be a leader of the space and I could really shift it and kind of like, you know, bring this opportunity to the masses. And rather than just inspiring and entertaining others, I can literally be the person that like, kind of like how Gary Vee is like, literally change lives, like, you know, like Mm -hmm. being able to actually change lives and have that like, kind of like empire or legacy behind me. That's what I really wanted to do. And now I'm pretty much like 24 seven in the space and and constantly growing and um, even drop my own NFT project uh, to, to like really show people like this is this is real. This is serious. And this is like a crazy space that people are asleep on because it's going to it's going to happen. For sure. That's a that's a wild story. man. <laughs> Did you get another punk or no? Oh, no. Uh, but I got I, I mean, dude, I my portfolio <laughs> right now is ridiculous. Like I, I've been I've been just all of my I'm money. Sure. Is in I'm sure you've been collecting a ton. Yeah. Yeah. What was the inspiration really behind your project and then, you know, educating your audience about this or like really finding kind of your niche in the space, obviously, because it's a big jump over from TikTok, which is primarily, you know, Gen Z and like a lot of younger people, I imagine, who really aren't as well versed in the space. What was that transition like for you? Yeah, I mean, it was a lot of brainstorming. It was a lot of kind of understanding the market I was in and who I was as a person and how I could provide value given the position I was in. And for me, the project was really just like, okay, Web3 feels like a different world from Web2 right now. Like social media compared to like, you know, everything in Web3, no one really understands it. It's a lot. It's a lot of just like, it's it's hectic. You know, it's very, very hectic. And it takes a lot of time to understand. So for me, I was like, okay, I know how to make content. I understand the Web3 space as well. I can basically use my advantages of of content creation and, and being successful in this space and kind of bridge the gap between the two so for my project like i wanted to make it like a very utility based project where um it had a lot of involvement to do with like my my gaming stuff Mm -hmm. and now my current vision is like i want to be massive gaming in the gaming space and really focus my content to that stuff because i learned that like half of the world plays games in one way or the other and then um in the web3 space there's this new opportunity called play to earn so like imagine how how much money you know these companies make with uh you know like Fortnite, all these games right all these people play and they put hours into it and they don't really profit off it unless they're streaming or they have brand deals right so 
having that concept of being able to have a game like that and people are able to make money off of it by just playing the game itself was like yeah. a crazy concept because you know there there are people that are in more unfortunate areas of the world where you know money is an issue but literally these games support the families so this is when i was like it clicked for me i was like yo this is going to be massive like games games are going to be a part and they built literally culture you know like the game and gaming is a part of everyone's culture i don't know like you know gaming was a big part of your life but like for me it was pretty much my entire life so yeah it kind of just all aligned and i was like yo like this is it like i want to kind of you know like kind of connect everything so for my project uh i've been kind of like telling everyone about like how i'm kind of moving about it and pretty much like i'm going to be making youtube content on my gaming channel promoting like these gaming competitions for like for example like ten thousand dollars and these like these minecraft videos right but it's going to be for the holders of my project and it's going to kind of connect it to where it's like people are going to see nfts in my content i'm not going to be throwing it out there and be like yo buy this and this and get this it's just more of like subliminal messaging in a sense mm-hmm. where they see it and they kind of like they want to understand it themselves and then once they have that i have like other channels um like education channels and everything else that they can kind of go into and kind of go into that funnel and have me be like the person that kind of brought them into the space yeah that's awesome i think from a from the gaming perspective and like the things that i love the most about like web3 and like the nft community is really how much it brings people together you know i think in the, oh, the digital world and like social media obviously can be very isolating at times and we're all just on our own screens really comparing each other but like when i think about growing up how you said gaming was like a huge part of your life right like you're yeah whether you're playing online with friends or like you're all just in the basement or on the couch like it really is about coming together and like finding like-minded people and yeah really building that community of like camaraderie and, and safety and friendship and like all of those things which i feel like is so great to kind of counteract a lot of the negative and and like downsides of like social media being so isolating mm-hmm. yeah no like i've i've never met as many supportive people and as friendly people as I've ever met in the Web3 space, like Twitter, yeah. like all these people, like there, you know, there's, there's a lot of negative people in any space, really. But the amount of community kind of like what you're talking about and all that stuff, I've been able to get and feel from this. I was like, yo, this is crazy. Like, this is, this is absolutely wild. So like, for me, like, I wanted to kind of be the person to teach others like, yo, this is an opportunity. It's not because the general census of, of NFTs and the Web3 is like, People think it's scamming, money laundering, and uh, it's it's a fad. You know, like a lot of people don't understand actual technology. But why? Like in three years, once you see an NFT as a movie ticket or as a premiere or whatever, like they're gonna be like, wait, what? NFTs? They're gonna kind of be like not too late, but like they're gonna be late on the party. You know, like it's a technology that is gonna stay around and it's gonna be around. And the people that take advantage of it now, obviously, you know, (laughs) they're they're making major waves. So yeah, for me, it's like I want to be. I'm down to be a leader of the brand new internet. Like, are you kidding me? Like, this is this is massive. Like, why not? Of course, you know, it's, it's serving a bigger purpose. Yeah, for sure. Uh, before we wrap up, uh, just to get back to social media, like a little bit, I think having such a large account on TikTok, especially, I'm curious, like how you see kind of mental health taking place on that platform. You know, obviously the healthy sides of it, like the unhealthy sides of it, I think I'm sure you've experienced your fair share of like, Mm -hmm. bullying in comments or just like with people spending too much time on the app and like things like that i'm curious like how you have kind of seen mental health take shape on the platform both like positively and negatively yeah i mean i think the biggest thing that social media on tiktok has done has 
given a voice to kids to kind of create our social media presence. Like with Instagram and Facebook, like it was a lot more mature. And mm-hmm. with TikTok, you're giving now the power of the voice to kids and cancel culture, drama, all this stuff that literally 12 and 10 year olds are on. And they're the ones talking and making this whole narrative of what's right and wrong has right. really, really messed up the culture of today. Like, like you know, people have to be so cautious about everything that they do. Um, creators are, are being yelled at for not being perfect. Um, you know, like everything is just really, really, I would say toxic. Uh, and it's not TikTok's fault. It's just the, the fact of like, kids are the ones that are running everything now. And it's like, you know, I, I feel like it's very, it's very tough to, you know, um, to navigate as of right now, just because it's such a young audience. Yeah. You know, if, if it's like 2000 kids saying this one thing, and then all of a sudden these like 50 adults are hearing this, they don't even know their kids, but they're just going to listen to them because like, that's the general public. And all of a sudden it's like, now everyone's kind of a, I guess, morals and ethics are kind of like, you know, flipped because it's like literally just a bandwagon of like oh someone says this and then we have all these people agreeing with them and then the other side says this and those same people will be like oh yeah you're right and shift to them so it's like there's not really like originality in the culture of the community in, mm-hmm. in tiktok it's just kind of all over for me i don't i don't try to, to to go into it too much just because like i don't think it's something we can really change unless like right yeah it's, it's really tough because it's just a lot of just kids right now um and it's just gonna mature over time but as of right now, it's like, yeah, I, I, I haven't been putting too much time and um, focus into that because, yeah, people are entitled. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Like, it's, it's very hard because people don't sure. people don't care about feelings. People like I was I was I've been on both sides of it where it's like I'm, I'm on the positive side and then I'm on the side of like people just hating for fun and people just starting drama and beef just because like they're bored. And literally, I've, I've asked these people like on DMs I'm like, yo, like, why did you say this? And it's like, oh, it's for attention. I'm like, OK. <laughs> yeah there's a lot of like shallow and kind of quick wins or like kind of being able to jump on other people's back by putting other people down i feel like i feel like you are in a position though having like one of the biggest accounts uh to be able to actually do something about that do you feel like that's even possible i mean i know that you were saying it was a little bit out of your control but at what point do you feel like you can really leverage your influence and and your followers to like actually make some of this change that like you want to see yeah i mean my goal so right now like going into like the whole web three situation like i want to bring opportunities and like actually show by doing i want to i want to kind of affect by doing things you know like by by being a positive influence by doing positive deeds and and kind of like helping people i think people are more inspired by seeing that and then wanting to replicate rather than me being like yo guys you should do this and that because then no one's going to want to do that you know like so it's something that is going to take time, but it's through action that I'm really kind of uh, aiming towards. Totally. Before we wrap up, I have two quick questions for you that we ask everyone on the show. First one, and I feel like you're going to have a good answer for this, but if you could nominate anyone to come on the show uh, who's been really inspirational to you or who you feel like has a really powerful mental health journey that we would want to hear, uh, who would it be? Oh, man. I mean, yeah, if it was my inspirations, it would be like Jay Shetty or Gary Vee or... Like, well, I don't know if you've had them, but those are those are my top people. We've like, had a we've had Gary on actually, and and we also have a recording with Jay uh, next week, which I'm super super excited. Guys, about. you guys, you have to watch that. You have to know about him. He is by yeah. far one of the best people um, that has helped me mentally, just like be strong and just learn. Like it's okay. 
Yeah. Yeah. What do you feel like it is about him and, and his content that's like spoken to you? And like, what do you feel like are the biggest lessons you've learned from him? The biggest lessons I've learned, it's been through just like relationship as well as just mental health. Um, I, I'm not sure, like, I guess his wisdom through like his, his, him being a monk and, and kind of being able to explain the teachings of a monk in a Gen Z way, in a sense, was like what really resonated with me. You know, it wasn't just some gibberish and just like nonsense. It was like, it was like to now's current time, like, you know, helping, like it was just specific situations. And then bringing on people that were really just like listening to other people's stories of of how they kind of like went through their own struggles. It kind of like, mm-hmm. you know, I just kind of resonated with a lot of it. And um, yeah, he just kind of taught that it was, it's okay to to be wrong and it's okay to feel certain feelings. It's just how you react to it and how you kind of move forward from it, you know? Yeah, no, I totally, I definitely like, he's been a huge inspiration for us and then we're super excited to have him on. And then lastly, Michael, uh, what makes you mad happy? Mad happy, man, right now, I'm not gonna lie. It's, it's Web3 and NFTs and gaming. That's all of them right there. Hell yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. Well, uh, thanks so much for coming on, man. I'm definitely super excited to, to keep following what you're doing in the space. And, and just with everything, I think it's super amazing. And uh, we'll see you soon. Appreciate you, man. Thank you for having me. Thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, As always, it means the world to us. I hope that you were able to connect to uh, Michael's journey and and his life. You know, I think it's a super interesting ride from dancing and TikTok to a businessman and an entrepreneur. Like it's it's just crazy in this digital age how things can grow and and balloon so fast. And I think it was really just cool for me to see and and was inspiring of just how many different directions and, and different things we can do within our lives. I feel like traditionally in like our parents' generation, right? It was like you had one job and you were one thing and this is what you were for your whole life. And now I think for uh, my generation and even Gen Z below me, it's like you can be wear so many different hats and, and have so many different skills and trades and really like spread your brand and your message in so many different ways. And I think Michael is a great example of that. So again, hope you enjoyed the episode. Uh, have a great weekend and we'll see you next week. Peace. The Mad Happy Podcast is brought to you by Optimism.